0: Welcome to December 27th service. And we've been planning to do the 27th service online the whole time. And But now with the news out that we are going into a lockdown, this will be what we're doing for the next little while. And so we hope that you tune in and not just tune in. We want you to be a part of it. We want you to participate in the service. And so don't just come sitting down and going, oh, let's watch. Come with a heart prepared to hear from the Lord and what He's speaking to you personally. And so before we kick this off, why don't we just open in a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to come and to share from your word and to speak on what you're saying to us in this time. And Lord, I pray for everybody watching and I pray for us as staff that, Lord, you will speak to us, you'll encourage us, you'll lift us up, but Lord, you'll challenge us and equip us and almost spur us into action for you. And so, Lord, we give you this time and we ask you to give us ears to hear and hearts to listen. And Lord, challenge us and change us. In Jesus' name, we pray. And so we are in very interesting times. We are in a time where uh, we're trying to figure out what is God doing? We're discerning the times, even in the moments when it feels like what God is doing is almost too small and slow.
1: Yeah, it's. I don't think we've ever had a a period of time, you know, in a hundred years like this. Like COVID has changed so much. I even think that the church... Like who knows what what life is going to look like in a month from now, yeah. you know, three months from now, or if things have have changed forever, and it's dramatically changed the church for sure.
0: One hundred percent, and it's interesting because when we look at the church, I almost think of when John the Baptist was uh, baptizing people, and in John one twenty six, he says he says among you stands one that you do not know, mm-hmm. and I feel like. We're in that stage right now. We're in this, it's almost like an invitation for us Mm -hmm. that we're in a part, we're in a day where amongst us right now is someone we don't know. And I believe it's actually God and what he's doing and how he's working and how he's uh, moving. And we have been invited to trust him and be on track with him and walking with him. God, um, he invaded, Jesus invaded this earth uh, mm-hmm. like hundreds of years ago. Thousands of years ago, to be actual, more accurate. Thousands of years ago. And he invaded this little town called Bethlehem. Mm-hmm. And when he arrived, Jesus was born in, we call it a, a manger. Where he was born in a stable. But what we need to understand is stables back then, they didn't build barns. This stable was more of a cave. It's like mm-hmm. this hole in the in this rock face that they were able to stick animals in and keep them out of the rain. And so here Jesus comes and he's put into this smelly, dark hole. Mm -hmm. And this is where he is born. And he's born as a savior, but he didn't come the way they envisioned the savior coming. They were expecting a Messiah. they were expecting God to arrive, but he showed up just as a man. He wasn't Uh, powerful. He wasn't a celebrity. He didn't walk in as a warrior that was going to defeat everybody and put God's kingdom back into place. No one expected him to show up this way. Mm -hmm. They didn't expect the kingdom of God to come this way. He came as as a baby. He came as a seed. And because he came this way, many people missed him. Mm -hmm. They missed who he was. They didn't understand what was going on. They didn't see him. And John says so wonderfully that I baptize with water. But among you stands one that you do not know. And this is how God works so many times. He comes and it's, it's smaller than we think. Mm-hmm. It's slower than we think. Mm-hmm. I always want God to act quicker for me. Right. I'm always praying for these big things. But so many times yeah. it's a seed that he's planting in my life. Right. And if I'm not paying attention, I miss him. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of me that during this whole season that we're in, I'm a little bit nervous that I'm missing what he's doing right. right now.
1: I actually have a lot of people saying to me, like, what should the church be doing right now? You know, we don't don't understand what's going on. Is it end days? You know, what's happening right now? Right. And I think everybody's asking the question, what is God doing in the church right now?
0: 100%. And even like if, if we're not sure, there's comfort in that because even the disciples who followed him, yeah, um, day after day, Struggled right. to see the seed and to understand what he was doing, mm-hmm. so much so like Jesus tells a parable in Mark four. He talks about the kingdom of God being mm-hmm. like a seed, and it's sown into the ground, and it gives uh, God. Jesus gives us four types of soil that mm-hmm. the seed falls on, and he's telling this in Mark four. and And one of the seeds is a path. It falls on the path where people walk and all this kind of stuff, and because it's kind of packed down. The seed doesn't really take and birds, they actually come along, just natural things come along and steal and grab this seed. And then other seed falls on rocky ground. So the seed actually catches, but because it's rocky and there's dirt, the roots don't actually go that deep. Mm -hmm. And so then different things happen and it just kind of withers away. The tough things happen. Sun comes out, scorches it, things get a little tough and the roots dry up. Right. The other one is thorns. It just lands amongst thorns and stuff and weeds. And as it grows, all of a sudden, because of the weeds and everything around it, it actually chokes it out and strangles it from growing. And then the final one is it lands on good soil. And when it lands on good soil, it produces grain. It just begins to grow and it produces grain up to, the scripture tells us, like 30%, 60%, 100%. Of what it's supposed to grow. And only the one soil, the good soil, is what receives the seed of the kingdom. And it's vulnerable to um, it's so vulnerable to our responses. Right. The response that we have in people in our lives and how we respond to what's going on. And so when we hear the voice of God, when we're doing our devotions and something stands out to us, the way that impacts my life is actually depends on the soil that I'm in. Because later in chapter 4, he continues and he talks about how the kingdom comes like a man who scatters the seed in the ground. Day and night he sleeps and all of a sudden, the seed sprouts on its own and it doesn't even know how. So this is like this powerful part of God, this mysterious part of him of how this seed is planted and we're working on it, we're nourishing, we're still watering, we're still looking after it. But it's almost like we go from the planting season to the rest season before the harvest. And in this rest season, we're still maintaining. Like when we've planted gardens or when you plant a garden, you see the farmers, like they do all of this work, but they're still working. They're prepping it. They're preparing it. They're checking their fields, making sure it's being looked after. If you have a garden, you know, you're out there weeding it and stuff, making sure you're getting rid of those thorns so it doesn't choke out. And then all of a sudden it just begins to grow. Hmm. And then he goes on in Mark 4 and he compares the kingdom of God to a mustard seed, right. the smallest seed, and then it explodes right. into something larger.
1: It's so true. I think that seeds is such an important um, topic because of the season that we find ourselves yeah. in. Um, Jesus was addressing his disciples and followers who were doubting or discouraged, who were expecting to ca- he They were expecting him to come in like this massive, like revolutionary, like, like overhaul kind of way. Right. Um, you know, fast moving, definitely fast moving, but you know, Jesus is trying to communicate. It's small, you know, and you're looking for this and it's kind of like that, uh, you know, that oxymoron or like of, of the kingdom of God that the, the, you know, thought that everything is almost the opposite. You know, the first will actually be last. You think something should come big and it should be fast. But God's like, no, you know, the growth that I want to see is going to come small, but it's consistent. Right. But he's speaking constantly, but don't lose heart. I am moving. Yes. And it all reminds us that we are not in control, that right. he is in control. And to sit back and to trust him yeah. and to find out what our part is in it. But we'll talk about that even a little bit later. Um, but um, whatever seems to look slow. Um, are appear slow, God is moving. Yes. And it's actually much bigger than what we think it is. Right. Because we think in such earthly ways, like it should look like this. But when it doesn't look that way, we get so confused. But yeah. God's like, it's actually so much bigger than what you really think. Um, you know, I even think about when you look at the whole of the Bible. I mean, it all communicates and shows us how God moves. So right. we start with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob yep. um, in the book of Genesis. Um, it's small. So, you know, they've got the entire earth to themselves and they stay within five to 700 miles of themselves. Right. They move five to 700 miles and it's even though they have the whole space to themselves. Um, then there's Isaac and Jacob. They had tons of ups and, and downs. Um, then we get to Joseph he's carried off as a slave to Egypt. Um, but again, God's working a big plan. Um, but talk about feeling invisible, right? Um, like looking completely powerless and small and his life is small and slow until one day. Right. But the process was very slow.
0: He goes from having this dream of of what he knows is supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. And through all of these ups and downs, and even to a point, like, I still believe that when he was in Potiphar's house, he mm-hmm. saw, like, oh, this is how I'm going to get there. Right. And all of a sudden, he goes farther behind than he's ever been. Right. And then he gets... How for- discouraging. Yeah. And then yeah. he gets forgotten about. And literally, the Bible talks about it went for on for all of these years, and then a matter of hours, mm-hmm. he went from prison to right doing what he was supposed to be doing. And
1: God says. Did you trust me? I was in control the whole time, right? right? Then you've got Moses, um, 400 years. You know, like, I think for us in our McDonald's society, right? Like, a a week is an eternity, you know? Um, Like, a year, God forbid, like, COVID for a year, right? 400 years in Egypt, enslaved, completely enslaved. And then Moses at the age of 80. Like so much going on in his life and then ends up in the wilderness, you know, Um, 80 years he gets called, just that unusual, like, you know, unique calling to lead millions of people out. But then they get out and they're in the wilderness for another 40 years, Years. again, slow, but consistent. And moving powerfully, slow and small. And when you look at those individual stories, when we read them in hindsight, or you know, we're like, "Wow, that was huge!" But when you're when you break it down, like that's like you're like four hundred years, forty years. That was slow.
0: And we have to realize, like the first he was forty years old, and then he went to the wilderness, and he had to spend the forty years there by himself because. It was moving slow, so he tried to do it on his own right. and deliver Egypt. He had to wait on God's timing.
1: Yeah, God's timing. Um, and then there's Gideon. You know, God, you know, he had a big army, yep. and God brings him down, brings him down, and God says, let me communicate to you the way that I work. Yeah. I, you know, I, I'm in control, and I wanna show you my power. Right. Takes him down to 300-person army and they fight against 135,000 person army and defeat the Midianites like that. That's God showing off, right. I love it, right? And then you've got David, you know, like everybody loves David, you know, God loves David, but my goodness, what a slow process his life. Of running, of persecution from Saul, of um, that was not an easy life, that was slow, and then finally God made him king, and right. he still went through struggles. Then there's Isaiah and Jeremiah and Daniel, prophets, right? right? Um, No one listened to Isaiah for even 50 years. (laughs) Again, 50 years, nobody listening to you.
0: It's a long time to be faithful and keep speaking on behalf of God.
1: Right. And then Jeremiah and Daniel were thrown into exile. Life didn't go perfect for him. The country gets wiped out by the Babylonians. And then it looks absolutely humiliating. Um, So again, talk about... Just that slow process. Yeah. Um, then we have Ezekiel and Habakkuk in the midst of exile and from the Babylonians again. And they've wiped out the temple, the very center of God's place of glory on earth. Everything, again, looks terrible. Yeah. But God, he's still consistent and still moving through it all. Then we get to the New Testament. We've got John the Baptist. He's even wondering when he's um, in prison, just about to get his head cut off, Um And he's actually saying, are you Jesus? Because this doesn't look good. Like, um, where was I? It looks and feels small and slow again, right? Um, And then he has his head cut off. And then um, we've got Jesus descending into heaven. And his kingdom here on earth is very small compared to the Roman Empire. Absolutely. So when you're looking, you know, just, you know, jump out of this. You know, we'll get back in, but... You know, people going, what is happening to the church? You know, it looks like the government's doing this. Here's Jesus and the Roman Empire is huge and they're doing awful, awful things. But it's small, but it's God's in control and He was doing something and it was a seed and it was being planted and it was growing, right? By the time Jesus descended, um, I think there was only probably about 120 people who were following him. And then we conclude the New Testament with Revelation, um, where it looks like um, the the church was going into enormous persecution um, of Denician and the Church of Asia Minor, completely getting wiped out. Right. Yep. Um, and we think that the church is being shut down in a pandemic. But can you imagine? Um, can you imagine thinking that Christianity is going to be gone because of the amount of right. persecution of that? Um, and then there's more times throughout history where that it looks like the church is going to be distinguished. Right. Um, but I feel like God through it all, again, is just saying, you don't get it. You yeah. don't see what I'm doing, but I'm moving and I am doing something. Um, and again, like you said, John the Baptist says, among you stands one that you do not know
0: it's a seed. And it's so hard for us to wrap our minds around. The kingdom of God appearing like a seed. Right. And like you said, there's so many people as we walk through the Bible, how their stories for us are only, you know, one, two chapters, couple pages. But what we forget is that's years in their lives. Sometimes it's generations. Mm-hmm. And when we think of that, it's such a hard concept for me to wrap my mind around. It. When I think of the kingdom of God yeah. is a seed. Yeah. And especially as Jesus refers to a mustard seed, mm-hmm. a seed that is so small, mm-hmm. it's the smallest seed, and I don't understand how it's working, yet all by itself, it's still growing. Mm-hmm. It's still growing. I think the amazing humbling fact is that God can move his kingdom without us. Right. But he actually chooses to use us. Right. And he wants us to be involved. Mm-hmm. But the challenge is with God's kingdom is because it's spiritual. I can't really see it right. unless I'm asking the Lord to reveal to me what he's showing me and what he's saying. And the big thing is this, mm-hmm. I'm not in control, right? I'm not. And if people, many people I think are like me, mm-hmm. I like having some control.
1: Yeah. I like
0: having some idea of what's going on. Um, Melissa will tell you, I'm not even big on surprises because if it's a surprise present, I'm okay. But if it's a surprise, let's go somewhere, I'm a little off because I just want to know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's happening. So it's challenging yeah. for me right. in a season, anytime to go, okay, God's kingdom is a mustard seed. It is growing. It is producing. It is moving. I just can't see it and I don't understand it.
1: And I think we're all a little, I think our generation is all a little bit self-absorbed. Yeah. Like I think like, like we're into my finances and my emotions and my, um, like what's going on around me. And we forget that we are part of a greater kingdom of God, just like you're talking, like the the kingdom of God is a seed. Like we need to sometimes take a step back out of it all and go, this is the kingdom of God. God, I'm part of a, I'm a little seed. I'm a little part of this huge thing that God is part of.
0: And I think the other part of it is, that because we look at it as a mustard seed and because we have a hard time seeing what God is doing, it's hard for us in the society we're living in and the way we are, because all of us want to be part of something big. Mm -hmm. We want to be part of this big kingdom of God, Mm -hmm. but it's hard to realize that God's kingdom is built one brick at a time. Mm -hmm. And we're just part of a brick. We're part of one seed and it's not necessarily going to be like this big thing. Well, I you know I think most Christians they love Jesus, they pray for revival, they want to see revival happen, they want to see right. this massive influx of people coming to the church, they want right. to see revival happen. And the difficulty is at this moment we can't gather.
1: Hmm.
0: So, how how do we grow God's kingdom? How does it how does it expand? Yeah, and I think this has been a time that it's exposing something, mm-hmm. and it's exposing something that actually um, in a healthy way. right? It's showing us where maybe there's unhealth. Yeah. And so it's pushing us into something where I think a lot of people look at pastors mm-hmm. or they look at the programs that we run at the church or mm-hmm. uh, different things that we provide mm-hmm. and they hope that the growth happens through us. That, right. hey, all I really have to do uh, to get my neighbor saved is I just got to get them to mm-hmm. a big event that the church is doing, this right. fun thing that's happening to the church. Right. And if I get them to this, or maybe if I get their kids just to come to a kids program, yeah. Uh, that's how they'll get saved. This is pushing us into a direction where we begin to see God's kingdom as a seed, something small, but that smallness is actually me. Mm -hmm. That smallness is you. That's each and every one of us. Mm -hmm. And as we go through a season like this, Mm -hmm. as we begin to realize that for my neighbor to get saved, I have to talk to them. Right. I just don't invite them. I actually have to talk to them about Jesus. We're in this season where every seed that actually grows goes from an alive seed to basically a dead seed. And when it's crushed and the inside is broken open, that's when it actually begins to grow and produce fruit.
1: Yeah, And, and when you think of that with the kingdom of God, where like oftentimes the crushing it happened, yeah. right? Like the persecution of the church um, in Acts, yeah. um, in Revelation, um, different times throughout history, you see that crushing. And so if we are part of um, the greater kingdom of God too, then we are part of that seed. Right. And that means that actually that crushing need is gonna happen to us too. Yeah. And so if we want the kingdom of God to grow, we need to grow personally, right. which means I'm actually only gonna grow when that crushing happens, Seven. which means that I need to not run from it. I need to lean into it. Right. If I walk away from it and don't, don't lean into and ask God what he wants to do in me. And I think of seasons like this, where my goodness, all over Facebook is the amount of, of depression and anxiety that yeah. people are having over this season. And my goodness, I feel for those people. And yeah. it is a very, very, very real thing. But in those moments, I feel like um, we have two options. We can either lean into it, yep. and we can allow God to, to grow us and to yep. say, God, what do you want to share with me? Or we can allow it to destroy us because right. we don't lean into God. Yep. And we try to run, but it overtakes us anywhere, anyways because I think we lo- live in a very fallen world where a lot of stuff just happens, and that's not a defeated statement that's a reality but we need to lean into God and say what do you want to do and we are overcomers and and change me but when i when i get my own character flaws in my face or you know persecution comes or trials come or hardship comes that's when i grow the most right. if i'm part of that seed and if i want to be part of this greater kingdom of God i need to be growing right. and i need to allow God to crush me so that beautiful things can come out of that.
0: Right, it's, it's the trials that force us to grow. Yeah. And then the crushing depends on our response. How are we gonna to respond to this crushing? What's gonna happen in our lives? Right. And then it goes on to the other part where we were just talking about the soils. The mm-hmm. soil for the seed and what does this soil look like in my life? What does the soil look like in your life? Mm-hmm. Um, where are the paths that we kind of walk on that they're not bad, but they really don't have good soil? Right. Where are the parts in our lives where it's the rocky path, where you know I'm hanging out with some people and some stuff will grow in my life, but uh, it's not deep enough. And then one of the questions I need to ask in my life all the time is where are the thorns? Mm-hmm. Where are the thorns or the, or the weeds in my life that Grow into like grow up around me, and they're actually choking out my spiritual walk, my Mm -hmm. spiritual growth. And so when I think of the soils that we have in our lives, I think of like who are the people we surround ourselves with, Mm -hmm. Um, what what are we watching, what are we listening to, what are we learning? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I have people in my life, and we've talked about this in the last little while, but like we have to understand the soil that we are planting our roots in. Mm that if I am planted in a spot where people are negative Mm -hmm. and people are always talking about what's bad, um, I'm going to be negative and I will be depressed. I will begin to be anxious. I will begin to feel these ways because all that's coming into me is heaviness and darkness. Mm -hmm. I do need to surround myself with some people that will be positive. Now I understand the, the immediate response to that is, well, we still need realists in our lives. But I, under, I do think that too often pessimists classify themselves as realists so they don't have to deal with the fact that they're a pessimist. Right. And like I'm not saying deny facts. I'm not saying, like, no, this is real. But even in this season of COVID right now, um, through this year, there has been a lot of negative things. I'm not mm-hmm. going to deny that. And if we want to sit down and talk about those things, we can talk forever. Yeah. But if I surround myself with healthy soil... Somebody in my life, a friend in my life, my wife, somebody is going to sit with me and say, "Hey, Chad, I know it's been rough. But what has good has come out of this? And so many times I've heard families talk about uh, reconnecting with each other. Um, for us, like we've played more family games. Uh, board games, stuff like that together. Mm-hmm. We've had more time as a family together. We've laughed together. Mm-hmm. Um, I've told people in the last little while that I don't think our marriage has ever been as strong as it is right now, mm-hmm. where a lot of people aren't aren't coming together because the soil is rough. Right. And so I just think, like we concentrate on what is around us, mm-hmm. what's speaking to us, and we don't deny the facts. Mm-hmm. It's. True fact, we're not gonna see your family at Christmas, we're not gonna see my family at Mm -hmm. Christmas. True fact, that hurts, it's not fun. Mm -hmm. True fact, we get to spend more time together as a family Mm -hmm. than we ever have over the holidays. Mm -hmm. And so we get to celebrate those things as well. Mm -hmm. And so who do I have speaking in my life? What soil is around me that goes, hey Chad, you know what? That's right, this is not fun, this isn't great, I understand it, but Chad, what what have you learned? What is God doing in your life? What mm-hmm. what is He speaking to you? What just to shift our focus and shift on good soil to go. Here is what's coming, and it's hard to think of that in my own life. The soil around me. It's hard to think of my life as a seed, mm-hmm. and it's hard to think as the church mm-hmm. as a seed.
1: Yeah, and I think we've already mentioned a couple times, just you know, in in history, seeing the church almost being taken out. Right. Um, I actually think of. Um, China. Right. Right? China fell in 1949. And um, everybody who wasn't Chinese and um, the, all of the missionaries had to leave. Right. And they thought, oh my goodness, this is the destruction of the church, right? This is not good. Well, decades later, they opened up everything up again. And all of a sudden, they realized that the church is 10 times the size it was before things shut down. Yeah. So if you think of that kingdom of God like that, or the church as the seed... As the church, you know, was persecuted and had to dig deep, yeah. they grew because of it. Right. And that's like an incredible, incredible, um, yeah, incredible thing.
0: It is to see the church grow that way. And like, this is the way that Mark taught or Jesus talks in Mark four about this parable of the seed must have its appointed course. It has to take its time. It has to, yeah. we can't, we can't rush a seed, mm-hmm. it just naturally takes its time. It's, right. It has its time, it has its processing time. And when we sleep, it by itself, it sprouts and grows, and we don't know why or how it's happening. Yeah. And I think of this when I see, what we have to understand is when God's working, there's a planting time, there's a growing time, and there's a harvest time. Right. And if we look at farmers, we're kind of where the church is. We have fields all the way around us. And what we realize is in the springtime when they're planting or when they're doing the planting time, man, they're busy. Mm -hmm. Machines are out running all the time. And then they're they're looking after everything and they're making sure everything's growing properly and everything has taken root properly. Mm -hmm. But then when harvest comes, and if we're honest, all Christians are praying for a harvest. We want to see our loved ones come to the Lord. We want to see family members come to the Lord. We want to see coworkers and neighbors come to the Lord. Mm But if you watch a farmer, you talk to a farmer, or you drive in the, in the evening <laughs> time in yeah. harvest season, harvest season is when you're up the earliest and you're going to bed the latest. It is the most working time right. because you need to get that harvest off the field. Right. And so if we really want to harvest, it's actually the time that you work the hardest.
1: Right, right. And when I think about the, the, um, the church in China, like as they're being persecuted, that's when they had to realize, am I gonna, you know, are we just gonna sit back waiting for church to, to come back in? Right. Because they, you know, for the missionaries come back, because it would have definitely died. Absolutely. But what they chose to do was to realize that they had to be the church. Yep. They had to be the one who witnessed to their neighbors, who created a church in their home, or to do whatever, you know, God was telling them to do. They had to become the church. Right. Um. Uh, if I love Mark and we've been talking about, you know, the seeds and the harvesting and all that. And then all of a sudden randomly in chapter four, you know, where it's talking about the seeds and all of that, all of a sudden, or verse nine, Jesus just stops. And he says, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Yeah. And I feel like God is just, or Jesus was just saying in the middle of it all, are you, are you hearing this? Right. But even broader than that sometimes you're hearing with your physical ears but you're not hearing with your spiritual ears you know you're not hearing what i'm saying and i'm speaking in parables because you over here you know you're not going to get this but whoever is leaning in who is asking god to speak to them is going to hear what he's wanting to say so the question to the church is do you have ears to hear are you leaning in to say god what are you saying to me? You know, and, and you know, we've been talking about what is the church, you know, what is God doing in the church? What's happening today? You know, we're talking about it's not just me today. We're talking about the kingdom of God. Right. Um, but our question should be, okay, then if I'm part of that, what do you need me to do? And we've been talking about the seed and it being small. Yeah. We're thinking, you know, we in we're often thinking, do, do you want me to go be an evangelist yeah. or a missionary or whatever? But I think the consistent thing that actually brings the most change is every moment of the day saying, God, what do you need me to do? Right. You know, do I need to be an encouragement to somebody? I think of, I've just kind of went through Acts and so I'm all fired up because <laughs> Acts is the most incredible chapter, you know, book. Um, well, they're all the most incredible mm-hmm. book, but Acts is just kind of blowing my mind right now. Yeah. And I think of... Um, Of Barnabas, one of the the disciples, and his name was actually Joseph, but they changed his name to Barnabas because it meant encourager. Nice. And they actually say that without Barnabas, the the New Testament might not have actually been written because he was such an encouragement to Paul and to Peter and to the main ones when they're sitting in prison cells or when they're going through persecution. Barnabas was the one, you know, constantly like encouraging them, encouraging them and keeping them going. And it's like, where are the is today? Right. Maybe that's what God is calling you to do, that you would be the encouragement to some of, you know, the ones, or just to each other, just right. don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up. I know that the times are tough, but God is with you. Don't give up. And God's raising up the Barnabases. Yeah. Um, and then we get to um, Acts eight and oh my mind I just love this chapter too. My mind's just blown every time I read about the conversion of Saul. Yeah which his name was, was ended up being Paul. So Saul, like the biggest persecutor of the church and he's going to Damascus and then all of a sudden a great big light shines on him and his voice from heaven comes and says Paul, why are you persecuting the church?
0: It wasn't Paul yet it was Saul.
1: Saul <laughs> Saul Why are you persecuting the church? Um, And then all of a sudden he falls blind. And so the people that were with him has to um, take him to to Damascus. And he ends up staying there for three days. Well, at the same time, and this is what I'm talking about, like hearing the voice of God and leaning into it. There's Ananias. And all of a sudden God speaks to him and says, Go. You know, you're going to go to this street, to this person, and you're going to ask from Saul from Tarsus and give some of the specifics. But he wouldn't have heard that if he wasn't listening and if he wasn't in tune with God. And and Ananias is like, no way. I do not want to go. He is the persecutor of the Christians. I am going to die. But he obeys and he does something that's very difficult. Yeah. And he goes to the home and he finds them. And then, actually, this is what even God said to him because he didn't want to go. He said, go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. And this is what he says. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Wow. We think that the Christian life is supposed to be easy. In the Christian life, God calls us to persecution and to hardship. He promises that he'll be with us, absolutely. And he will get us through, but he calls us into the heart. And he he gives us the ability through the Holy Spirit and the boldness, but he calls us to the heart. And so verse 17 continues and says, then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see it again. And be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that. So that you can see again, but not see with his physical eyes. He saw in a different dimension. He saw in the spiritual. And yes, he saw in the physical too, but he he saw things that he never, ever in his life had saw before. And he got up. Oh, scales like fall or something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he could see again. He got up and was baptized. And after taking some food, he re- regained his strength. Yeah. So the, conti- the story continues. He is so on fire and changed by his, situa- er, his encounter with God yeah. that he starts to preach. He starts to witness. And he starts to share. And then he starts to be persecuted. And his followers actually have to like rush him out of Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, or uh, out of the city. And then he goes... Um, to Jerusalem to be with the disciples. And the disciples are terrified of him because here's this guy who persecuted him, right? Yep. And they did not believe him. And so here's Barnabas, the encourager, and he comes alongside Saul and he says, this guy is totally legit because the proof is in the fact that he was preaching yep. and witnessing and he was persecuted. Right. And I feel like... The thing that makes our Christianity legit and that makes us a true follower of Christ is in the fact, not that we make a decision, but is in the action that we are following Christ, that we are um, witnessing, that we're witnessing even to the point of not caring what people think, that we're being persecuted even. And I think of... um, the fact that when we have an encounter with Jesus or when we have an encounter in our devotions, I feel like sometimes, you know, we we talk about during our devotions and stuff, but we've talked about in the, this last season about abiding in Him. Right. So if we're in like the perfect um, week, t- today's December 27th, and we're talking about a new year coming up. So in this past year, we've been talking about abiding, and I don't think there's a greater need to abide and have a Deep, deep relationship with God right. than now, because if we're checking off the list of like, yep, did my devotions, the proof that we are meeting with God is if it calls us into action. Right. Is our, you know, reading the word of God, is our meeting with God, is it changing us, or is it a check on our schedule of the day? Because if we truly have a have a meeting with God, then we're gonna go. Oh, God spoke, right. I gotta text somebody, or you know what, I believe I'm supposed to do this. Um, God speaks to us constantly, but it causes us and it gives us a boldness and a, a Holy Spirit encounter with him. Yeah. A Holy Spirit encounter isn't rolling around at the altar. Right. A Holy Spirit encounter isn't even speaking in tongues. That can be a sign, but the proof yeah. is the empowerment to share the gospel. And yeah. when we talk about the kingdom of God as a whole right now, um, you know, they, um, I've watched a lot of um, prophetic words right now, and they're actually talking about, one of the ones that has grabbed me, is that these spirits that are activated right now in um, the earth is the political and the religious spirit. Yeah. Do you know what those spirits do? Cause division. Right. They cause arguments. Every conversation I feel that we have lately, not you and me, um, you go to a grocery store, you go to a family function, and every, there's no normal conversations anymore. Right. It's which side are you on? You know, Trump or whatever. Are you wearing masks or not wearing masks? Do you think the church should open or re, you know not reopen? Are you know, um, you know, even before COVID, um, the church was having less and a, less of a voice in the government. Yeah. Um, more decisions. You know, having to draw a line in the sand. Um, as to what we believe Um, and that political spirit and that religious spirit causes division um, and it causes like that fight and when you take a step back from all of that and you go what is important the kingdom of God lost souls the orphans and the widows those struggling those who are broken that's what my heart breaks for and I don't want to have any more fights right. over so many things that don't matter. Yeah. And, and I think that as the church thinking about what does this look like? What is God doing in the church right now? I think he wants to refine our focus and not rely on the church to do anything. But what is my role in, in the kingdom of God?
0: Yeah.
1: How am I doing this with or without a church building? Right. Because with or without a church building, China, the church grew. Yeah. With or without a church building, the New Testament church in persecution grew. Right. If we're not growing, it's because I'm not growing.
0: Right.
1: Because it doesn't have anything to do with a church building. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with programs. It is God, you and me. Yeah. You and me right now. What are you saying to me? Am I choosing to listen? Jesus yeah. is saying, those who have ears, let them hear the voice of God, because that's what is mattering right now. How are we having legs in the church? How are we being the church? Because if we don't, then we are playing church and that doesn't do anything. And we're certainly not going to grow. But I think that we see what's going to happen in the church in six months from now or a year from now to see whether we were playing church or whether we have become
0: the church. Yeah. I think we have to realize that for the church to grow. If I'm growing, like if I were talking about a seed, if the only way that I know uh, a plant or a tree or anything like that has healthy roots, so it's in healthy soil, the only way I know that is because it produces fruit. Right. And so if you are serving God or if I'm serving God, the only way that you can tell that I am like have healthy roots, that doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it means I'm connected to God, I'm growing, is I have fruit, and so if we are called by God, one of the things, well, really, God, it's the only thing that God really tells us to do is go and share the gospel. Right. Love the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. And so if I am loving God and I am spending time with him, I should be producing fruit. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of all of this... Mm-hmm. There will be people who love and serve Jesus Christ because I was connected to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we need to be the hands and feet of Jesus to everyone. Yeah. And what we have to realize is yes, that makes us nervous. I just it makes me nervous. To mm-hmm. share the, the gospel one-on-one with somebody, yeah. it is nerve-wracking. Yeah. But just trust the Lord because faith, sometimes people say faith is spelled R-I-S-K, risk. Mm-hmm. You need to take a risk, you need to take a step mm-hmm. of faith. Yeah. and so
1: and it's just your testimony
0: right like what
1: has God done for you like and if and if you can't articulate it journal it write it down but maybe you just need to go back to that first love like that first experience and remember what God has done for you
0: yeah so what we want you to take away kind of three takeaways from this is first off don't get don't uh, don't get discouraged mm-hmm. by wondering what's happening to the church right now. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to know. God is in control. Mm-hmm. He is not shocked, or shocked by this. He's not caught off guard by this. Yeah. And it might look small to you what's happening mm-hmm. uh, to the church or what the church is doing. It may be slower than what you hope for. Mm-hmm. And but you and I are a pro- are part of this process. Mm-hmm. And here's the wonderful part about having your Bible and spending time with the Lord. You can go to the end of the book and read the last chapter. Mm-hmm. And the wonderful thing is we have the confidence that we know we win. And so all of this will work out for God's kingdom to prosper and grow. He just needs me and he needs you to help him to spread his love. Mm -hmm. The second thing that we probably need to work on and concentrate on is what does your soil look like? Are you being changed by the time you spend with God? Mm -hmm. Is he calling you into action? And are you making sure to pull the weeds out of your life so that you can be healthy and produce fruit for the Lord? Mm -hmm. And number three, what seeds are you allowing to take root? Same idea. What are you allowing to take root in your life? Is mm-hmm. it what God is speaking to you? Are we pulling out the seeds before mm-hmm. they even take root of negativity and gossip and depression and stuff like that and switching our hearts to the Lord? Because no matter how well we um, prepare our garden, no matter how well we spend time with the Lord, mm-hmm. r- weeds are going to grow. And mm-hmm. why do weeds grow no matter how hard we work? well because we live on This earth yeah. and on this earth as we know dust flies around dirt gets around We just have to make sure we keep our garden maintained so that only the healthy things grow and so ask God to help you not to get caught up in this religious and political spirit that's happening but to keep your focus on the kingdom of God advancing um, and the loss being found ask God for a heart for the loss. If you don't have one, ask the Lord. Lord, can you really stir my heart for my neighbors? They drive me nuts, but Lord, can you stir it in my heart mm-hmm. to love them, to lead them to you? Mm-hmm. And then what is God calling you to to do in this new year? Ask him, Lord, no matter how tough this year has been or no matter what we've thought of it, there's a new year coming. And so, Father, what are you calling me to? Mm-hmm. And what is God saying to you right now? What is he saying right now? Ask God to open your ears. And open your eyes and your heart to hear what he's doing and saying. Because he is speaking. And so all of us, Mm -hmm. we need to walk in boldness and walk in strength.
1: Yeah. And so I'm going to pray today. But our homework today is, because we always have homework. Yep. Is to memorize um, verse 9 of Mark 4. Which says, then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear so simple so simple but such a good reminder that god what are you saying to me right now and so let's just pray and ask god just to um to open our ears and to break our hearts for the lost and so father god um we just even place ourselves in humility right now and repent on behalf of maybe not listening of not having um a spirit that just leans in to ask what you want us to do maybe out of fear or whatever it is but god forgive us for not participating in what you want us to do. God, forgive us, maybe for getting caught up in that political or religious spirit. And and, um, God, I pray that you would place in me open ears and open eyes to see what you're doing, to hear what you're doing. God, the word of God says that Jesus said, I will only do what I see the Father doing. And so God, help us to see and to know what you're doing to be in tune with you. And God, I pray that you would just call us to, um, what well, you have called us to be participators in this kingdom of God. And Jesus, I pray that you would show us what our path is supposed to look like. God, every moment of the day, how we can participate in that. And Father God, as we walk into um, 2021, God, I pray that as we begin to pray about um dare I say, a a New Year's resolution or maybe a word for the year, God, that you would just put on people's hearts how you want to use them because you have called us to be participators in the um greatness of the kingdom of God. And so, Father, we just thank you for what you're doing and um, we trust you in what we don't see, but we know that you are doing constantly. And so, God, we ask that, that you would just be with everybody today in your name. Amen.
0: Amen. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week and please continue to check our website out to see what's coming as we walk through this season together. God bless you and have a wonderful new year. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. Hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you. And that you come back and check out next week's message as well.